We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. The whole Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of the Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back on our episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 94, with Matt Morris. Had a great conversation with Matt. He's coming off an injury, uh, suffered a traumatic accident when he was younger, had injuries to his brain, spine, basically had to learn how to re-walk, eat, and do the basic functions again. And he battled depression through that whole phase and that whole time, and now he's on a mission to help people through that and prevent suicide and depression. Hope you guys enjoy Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Tucks, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 94 with Matt Morris. And without further ado, let Matt introduce himself. Kevin, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come on the show and get a little bit to know about you a bit more. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you inviting me on the show, man. Awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, so um, do you want me to just tell, tell you a little bit about myself? Yeah, go for a little bit. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, so um, yeah, so I'm an author, a speaker, and a life coach, and I've been doing this for about six years. Um, but it's been a life coach, but the, really, I, I got started in it because I've been through a bunch of uh, crazy, traumatic events of my past. Um, they kind of got me to the place I am today. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty um, intense thing, but I can go ahead and talk about it if you'd like. Yeah, let's go for it, man. Definitely. Uh, let's start with uh, the first question. We'll talk about just uh, social media. So what is your, right what's your message on social media with your fans and a little bit about what you do on other platforms? Yeah, yeah. Great question. Great question. Yeah, so, so this, I'm, a, I'm a life coach, and I help people who are feeling depressed. I help them to overcome depression, and I'm on a mission to stop suicide mm-hmm. because a lot of times those are, those are closely tied together, depression and suicide. So um, with that being said, my message to people on social media are just like, you know, if you're feeling these horrible feelings, if you're feeling dark, if you're feeling sad, any emotion, it's okay to talk to people about it. It's, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be vulnerable and share what's really going on inside your mind instead of, um, instead of closing it off and keeping it to yourself to be strong or um, not bother people with their problems. So, so basically the, the point is because um, people do want to help and people are here for you. Right. So the point is that when you're feeling this way, the best thing to do is get your thoughts out. You know, talk to somebody you want who will listen. Talk to somebody about it. No, for sure. It's important to get your feelings out in the sense that you don't, you don't hide them. Because when you hide them, we don't know what help you may need or what help you may even need at all. So it's important for sure. Right, right, right. Yes. And that's because, you know, a lot of times – just, just going into this, it's kind of like um, a lot of people who feel depressed are alone. And they kind of go hand in hand. And when you're alone, you're more depressed a lot of times. And then when you feel depressed, you feel alone. But the reality is there's so many other people in the world who are feeling the exact same way, you know, who are feeling depressed. One out of 15 people in the U.S. are feeling depressed, which is a lot of people. And then of those depressed... Um, the saddest part about that is that, you know, often people with depression resort to suicide. Um, 
you know, approximately 123 people in the U.S. each day take their lives, wow. which is absolutely insane. I mean, it's more than like, you know, people dying from car accidents or homicides each year, which is um, absolutely blows my mind. So, that, I mean, with that being said, think of how many people feel alone in the U.S. You know, how many people um, are not connecting and the way we connect is by being vulnerable and sharing like what's really going on, um, connecting in a deep way like that. So connection is what we more human connection is what we need, you know, and that comes from vulnerability. Right. And I think being vulnerable and getting your feelings out into the open will show what you can really do. And then my next mm-hmm. kind of follow point, what, what would you say is the experience like with maybe some clients or some things you do with speaking engagements to help people? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, with speaking, I just I try to get my message out there. My my main speaking um main speech is the, the one about my story. Mm-hmm. My story um and then you know, I I basically I'm doing it to inspire people to be like, "Oh yeah, if he can do it, I can do it." You know what I mean? Like like that's kind of my message. So, um I'll go ahead and tell you about my story. So, basically when I was 10 years old, you know, I was living a great life. Um, my parents were both attorneys and they did well for themselves. Um, had friends, played sports, all that good stuff. And my dad had his own private airplane. So we take family vacations every couple months. You know, it was really awesome. Um, so basically we took off and we got up to about 8,000 feet in my dad's private plane. And something went wrong. The plane went down and we crashed. We crashed into the mud. Um, so we're out, we were actually trapped outside in, in the cold for like, for about 11 hours, which is wow. um, really, really intense. So, so basically what happened was, was I hit my head. So I had a brain injury, head injury, um, and I went to a coma for a month. So in the being after the coma, I woke up, you know, it took a couple of weeks to be conscious and more aware, but um, I had to relearn everything, how to walk, how to talk, how to feed myself everything you know totally totally brand new so it was that was a challenge um the worst part about the accident was that my mom didn't make it oh wow so so that was a huge shift in my life uh, my dad who was working a lot had to be like the sole person to take care of us now so you know um after the plane crash i had some back issues some back problems and i walked with a limp so consequently it was kind of a challenge in high school to make friends um it was a challenge to uh, just try to be seen as normal, you know what I mean? Because you don't want to get picked on in high school, you know. So I got that a little right. bit. Yeah, yeah. So then <clears throat> I was feeling really depressed. I was like, man, I've been struggling with this for so long. I can't walk straight. No one really likes me. You know, I, I, it doesn't matter if I'm alive or dead. It doesn't matter if I'm here or not. You know, that's, that's the, those are like the thoughts I was thinking. And, and then I questioned myself, maybe I'm better off dead, you know. It's just, this this it sucks to not be seen as normal, or not just be just be different. You know what I mean? So that's how I was feeling at the time, you know. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, and then I re- I was getting really depressed. I was like feeling I was thoughts of suicide all the time. So then um, I heard a song on the radio. Uh, it's called "One Step Closer" by Linkin Park. I was like, I was, I was listening to the lyrics because I'm one step closer to the edge and I'm about to break. 
I was like, whoa, that's exactly how I'm feeling. That's, this is crazy. Like, okay, somebody actually understands how I'm feeling, like what I'm going through, because I felt like I was so alone. Like nobody had any idea what I was going through. But I was like, dude, these guys know what I'm talking about or how I'm feeling. So, you know, I, I began to fall in love with their music and I would listen to the music on, on repeat time after time, hour after hour, so many times. And, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so then I began to feel actually better. I began to feel better. I began to be proactive. Start, like, actually talking to people about exercises I could do to fix my back, to make it better. So I began doing the exercises. And, my, and miraculously, miraculously, mm-hmm. my back got better. You wow. know, it, took a, it took about three to four months. And I was able to walk straight. I was able to be less, have less anxiety about what other people thought of me. It was just because my confidence increased by my back pain and, and, and feeling like really understood when I, was, when I was going through this depression. Like the fact, the, the feeling to be understood is like such a magical feeling. It's like being understood is like connecting, you know? Right. Because when you connect with people, you're like, whoa, this is really cool. I love talking to this person. You know, but if you're having a conversation and you can't connect with the person, everything's kind of superficially like, ah, I can't wait to go home and eat some, eat my dinner or, you know, do something else. So, so yeah, that's why connection is really, really important. That's a a pretty inspiring story before you you come back with your answer again. I guess I would just say in the sense that what would you say in that moment when you recover, what was the hardest feeling or emotion you you, use other than depression you know, feeling over the edge. What was something that you found emotionally wise out of the music to really push you for? Was it like something you did with every day or was it just the thought of, I got to support people and the people who out there are listening to me? What was just something that kept motivating to that, that little stretch of the accident to recovery? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Another, another motivation was, um, when I was feeling really down, my grandma bought me a book. I think she, she just knew I was kind of down a little bit. Mm-hmm. about something even though i hit it really well i would always smile you know you wouldn't we would never be able to tell i was depressed which is a really crazy thing about depression like sometimes you can't even tell the person is depressed just because naturally i love this i i smile naturally you know it's 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 pretty it's pretty funny but i smile a lot so so therefore people were like oh okay if he's smiling then he's not going to be depressed right. you know he's happy so we're not even going to ask him how he's doing or if he's okay because that doesn't even cross our mind. So, so anyway, my grandma, my grandma saw that, and my grandma bought me a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. And I was like, hmm, okay, I don't really, I, I mean, grandma probably thinks something's wrong with me. This kind of sucks. I don't want her to think anything's wrong with me, you know. But, um, but then I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read it. You know, I'm just gonna read this book. Right. So I picked it up. I picked up the book, started reading. And one of the things that really stood out, it was like, the choices are yours. It's like you choose happiness, you choose sadness, you choose courage, you choose fear. And then I was like, okay. So as I was reading it, it's like, like, it's all about choices and how you, and your perceptions. Like, what are you, what are you choosing to do to help yourself out? What can you choose yourself? What can you choose to do to make yourself happy? You know what I mean? So, so I kind of had a shift. I was like, okay, well, I can choose to do certain things that will potentially increase my happiness. So, therefore, I won't be as depressed. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so, 
so yeah so so that book was like okay i'll challenge myself i'll experiment i'll i'll, I'll see what i can i'll continue to see what i can do um to you know overcome this this depression overcome my 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 dark thoughts and and i i knew i had something to do with my with my back problem i'm like once i can fix my back problem without surgery because i didn't want to surgery i didn't want surgery without surgery then i'll be confident you know but then but then it was like at the same time like looking back i'm like i'm like okay that's how i was back then totally you know but then i would be like okay if it were now i like I'd be like, well, how can I be pre- happy in the present moment while still while still striving for this goal, right. fixing my back, you know? But how can I be in the present moment? Because if you're always living for the future, you're like you're missing out on the present moment. So, so, so anyway, yeah. So it was it, the book was a big impact on me. No, it's good, man. Sometimes, especially when you come after traumatic accidents, reading something about reading and the power of reading kind of gets your mind going in the sense that. It keeps you off those bad thoughts and puts you in the good mood of saying, I'm feeding my mind with, for- well, not forceful, but good information. And you're forcing yourself to get outside your comfort zone, too, in a sense that you're relearning everything and being comfortable. And I guess another quick follow up here. What would you say to anyone right now who went through a traumatic accident? Forget the depression part for a second. What would you say advice to anybody who's been in a traumatic accident or something that scarred them that could really push them and motivate for as they continue the recovery process? Yeah, I'd say I, I'd say that you know it's always it's always gonna get better. You know, it's mm-hmm. gonna get better, no matter what. Uh, the one thing is, I know it's it's a lot of pain at the time, and it feels like you know it feels like it's never ending at times. It feels like, oh man, this is this is horrible. Am I ever gonna get better? Right. You know, so that's how it feels. But just remember in the in the back of your mind, like I will get better. You know, there's this is just this is temporary. This is something that. Because I believe this. I believe, like, everything we're given, every single person in your life was put there for an exact reason, you know? So, but it's your, your, your choice to be consciousness, be, to be conscious and be aware. Like, okay, think to yourself, like, okay, this person was actually put here for a reason. What is that reason? Am I going to, am I going to, you know, begin a conversation with this person to discover the reason? Or am I just going to chill and sit back and, you know, just, you know, relax, you know, there's no, which is, there's nothing wrong with doing that either, but there's all these op- these options or these opportunities of people to talk to all the time, you know, or or you know where you're at ex- where you're at in your bedroom or where you're at in your um, on the street or where you're at on the on you know while walking along some stores or whatever you know wherever you are at every exact moment you're there for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, so bottom line, yeah, I, I believe that. And that kind of guides me like, you know, back to the <clears throat> more like being in the present moment, like, like you're, you're faced with challenges like this, like this traumatic events, you're faced with these traumas so that you can be stronger and more prepared for the future. Yeah. I, yeah. I think adversity, when you stare adversity in the face and stare it down, it's just temporary. You know, pain is always temporary. It's always it's always temporary as long as you have the mindset knowing that things are better at the end of the tunnel and things can really open up if you just put yourself in interesting positions in a way to get motivated, for sure. Right, right. And, you know, you, you keep life entertaining. You keep life, I mean, one of the best ways to do it, of course, is by having different people around you, a, a variety of people, you know, that can bring different parts of you out. 
that's you know so so having people like that having supportive people like that in your life while going through trauma totally helps all the time if you can have good people in your life but if you don't you know that's okay too that's no problem you know either of course the obvious answer is of course you can meet new people you know that's a new assortment of variety in your life do that or you know you can do a lot of self-reflection as well personal development personal growth like reading books, even writing. When you write, so many right. things come out that you don't didn't even realize you were thinking about. Like it's like your unconscious mind written onto a piece of paper when you just like free write. And that's what I noticed about myself. I know some some thoughts I'll be having and I won't even realize I'm, I have those thoughts. It's like <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes just expressing yourself, for sure, expressing yourself in different forms can make the art of it easier and how you handle stress, for sure. Right, right. So that's that's one fascinating thing. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome for sure. And, and I guess going back to what you were saying, with a couple more questions here. Just with the the why I know you said you were an author at the top of the show. So what what are you, some things you do as the work of the author? Some so just give us a little background about how you got into author writing and all that. Yeah, yeah. So I got into um, the type of writing that I do, which is self help or or personal development. Mm-hmm. You know, the first book is How to Live in the Present Moment. There you go. Which, yeah, uh, which I wrote about three and a half years ago. And then my most recent book is about vulnerability and um, sharing your thoughts, like what's really going on, going on inside your mind and your body as well. What's really going on so that, you know, my goal is now to help people overcome depression because it's so high in the U.S. and stop suicide because that's also like an epidemic right now. The suicide epidemic. It's, it's crazy. So. Oh, that's kind of the, the the premise behind my books, and it's mostly a book about vulnerability. And this book is called "Unzip Your Mind: How to Be Vulnerable in a Conscious World." There you go. There you go. I think I think I think those books, the self help books, and the the books in the sense that can lead you to start thinking and start really taking action, make your audience uh, more centric. And I, my next my next follow will be. What is your audience like? What is the reception when you publish those books and how you marketed the books to get that audience centric approach to what you're looking for? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It's, it's, it's uh it's pretty, it's a, it's a process, but it's not too bad. You know, just prepare a couple of weeks before the launch and just contact some people, some public, contact some big influencers mm-hmm. on, on how to actually, uh, on actually getting your book out there and getting the word out there about it and possibly, you know, talking to you about it, having an interview or, and, and uh, even just posting it on their social media page helps out as well. So the influencers and people that you just, you know, people that you like to connect with or people that have a, have a following of, of, of your target audience, you know, and for me, mostly it's young adults. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. No, that's, yes. a good, that's a good way to, Look at it in the sense you can start connecting and make network connections instantly in the sense that they can reword the system and get the word out with the book. And that was my other thing is what, what would you say if for someone who picks up the book and read, what would you say is one message that you try to use your eye voice in the book so they can get their message out when they're reading it? What are some things you do as a writing style to make it more easy for them to read? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, <clears throat> that's a good, that's a good question because Really, the trick is just writing an, an easy to understand language. I mean, that's really it, right? You know, because a lot of times, even myself at times, like sometimes I'll I'll write 
a sentence. But then I'll look back at it. I'll be like, okay, well, there's a few words in here that aren't, that are, that might not make sense to some people, you know, because they're, they're not language, not, they're not everyday language. You know what I mean? So, so then I'm like, okay, well, how can I make this more simple? Either I can, I can use adjectives for these words or I can take these words out completely. So then I'm like, I ask myself those questions and I'm just like, okay, well, keep it simple. So for everybody, because I want everybody to read this book. Like I want everybody to read Unzip Your Mind because mm-hmm. it has so much valuable information just for today's society. Like our, our world's so different than it was 50 years ago. Like 50 years ago, it was one thing, but today it's totally different. You know, like men, the, the way men are, 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 were viewed or have how they're supposed to be was like strong, you know, shut up and deal with it. Um, just, just don't never talk about your emotions, never show your emotions. But now today the world is shifting. Like, I mean, there's still people like that around. Yes, of course. But as a whole, we're being more okay with, with, with men being like, okay, you know, I don't feel very good. I need help. You know, what's, what can I do? Um, and actually talking about it or, or writing about it or anything like that, which is more accepted. So, so today, um, and I feel like we're at the beginning of the shift where, where things are, are right. really beginning to get better. So that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. And, and that's where we're headed in this world. Right. Right. Opening up in, in the sense that that could be a life changing move. If you, if you stay quiet and you hush, it's like, where could you possibly find a help? So I think opening up in the way the new generations come in, I think that's important too. If we can start young, they'll start developing as they get older in a sense to be open with everybody and just share their feelings. What's on their mind. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly right, you know, and and like it's more of a Western culture thing where we hide our, our what's really going on. <clears throat> we take countries like India or Philippines or Malaysia, uh, Japan, like any of these countries, you'll notice a lot of them are more um, emotionally connected and more more connected at the human level, like where they're actually like, okay, you know, what's really going on. Oh, I can talk about it. It's normal. It's not seen as taboo. It's not seen. It's more like I, it's okay if you're just like more blunt, more frank, and more like really what's really talking about what's really going on in your life. You know, it's more accepted. So you won't be rejected from society or pushed away if you decide to share that you're depressed or you decide to share that, you know, you need help. You know, whereas it's, it's different, but changing, like I said, in our, in our Western culture. So we're changing that. There you go. I think I think opening up and you just see other cultures accepting the fact can really bring something to the knowledge. Now, kind of another thing on the flip side, what would you say to parents out there who see any of their kids or even somebody at their work office strong? What would the advice would be for you in the sense that if you put them, if you put yourself in that shoe, speak out against them and how try to help them? What would you uh, say to parents out there? For for like parents who are suffering. No, like parents that see their kids or themselves. That's a good. That's a good point. Both ways. Okay, both ways. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I just say, yeah, you got to talk to somebody. Um, you can't keep it all in your head. And and if they're, if I know about that, like if I know that, they're, then they're talking to somebody or talking to me. And that in itself is helping them just by talking, even just to talking to somebody, even if the other person doesn't even respond at all. Right. I mean, but the person acknowledges like what you said, and and. Uh, that's all, that's all you need. And like, you begin to feel like this weight is lifted off your shoulders and you begin to feel better, but it's a, it's a process, you know, and the time, time is really the thing that heals all wounds essentially, you know, because 
it will take time and it will it is a process it's not like one time you do it and then you're all better it's more like you do it 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 another time you know and then you begin to feel then you feel like okay this cloud is gone i feel this dark cloud hovering over my head is gone i can finally you know feel good again or you know it's kind of like that no, for sure. You, you know, time is the great, you know, it's the greatest asset in the sense that mm-hmm. you really have the time to do what you got to do and it'll just take its course in the sense that you'll feel better as long as you be patient and understand that it's a process to get to where you want to be, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's important to be in the present moment, too. Right. You no, know, because if you don't, I mean, you can, still, you can always look at time as an illusion, which it is. Time is an illusion. But, but it, makes, it makes life more, like, structured in a sense. You know, you're less free, but you're more structured. So, but, 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 but being with the present moment, like, that's really what matters. Like, what are you doing in this moment to make yourself feel better? What can you do to make yourself feel, uh, you know, happy? How, what, can, what things can you do to, to be more proactive? Because it's all about being proactive, like I learned in that book. Making choices that are going to make you feel better. Make people around you feel better. You know, how can you help society? How can you, um, and it's like, uh, what can you do to improve the lives of yourself, your family, other people, your friends, you know, all that stuff. Right. So just be, uh, be in the present moment. And, and also it's key importance to embrace the five the senses, you know, what do you smell? What do you see? What do you hear? The living, the little sounds around you, like the things going on, the birds chirping, you know, the grass moving the, on, on your feet, um, the trees brushing in the wind. You know, it's important to be aware of these, of these things, even the a clicking, an annoying clicking sound at your neighbor's house <laughs> or yeah. dog barking. You just be like, oh, yeah, I'm present. This is, this is actually going on around me. You can take that awareness. But there's actually multiple layers of being present if you think about it. Like, so there's outside presence, you know, just being very aware. There's also inner presence, like, okay, what's really going on inside my body? What do I feel? My heart is beating fast. I can feel it beating against my chest. Um, my, my, my hands feel a little heavy because I've been riding a, for many hours. Um, you know, my feet are a little sore, but overall, I feel like, like, uh, like light, you know, so... So if you just distinguish how you're feeling in the present moment, then you just, and you're just aware of that and just notice like things will change. Like it'll go for, like my hands now feel, feel lighter. You know, my, my feet feel like, uh, my feet more feel, spring, more springy. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. More springy. Yeah. So the thing is, so, so that's the key thing. Like just being aware of like what's really going on, you know, what's going on inside your body. Things yeah. like that too. So, yeah, so just it's important to embrace and enjoy the present moment. Bottom I, line. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Emotional connecting with your emotional and emotional awareness in the present because it's great. I mean, it's great to reflect on the past once in a while. That's awesome. But at the end of the day, the only way you can shape your future better is if you live in the present, live in the modern times, and take a step by step. You can't you can't expect to get the world when you've only got the present. It's a good way to look at it too. Yeah, that's that's per, that's a great, that's awesome. Yes, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely, man. No problem. Mm. 
And now, now we're going back to your support system. What's your support system been like, whether it be with your family, your friends, or just your online community you've noticed in the past couple of years? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Yeah. So, you know, I've my support community, I've realized, like, okay, I need at least, like, three, four, or five people that I'm really close to that are happy and positive people in my life. Like, I have to have those people. Like, right. you know, they're just – I feel better when I'm around them. So, you know, I got I got some really good friends and my wife as well that – that is like really positive, just good people. So that's my support system. And then um, also I, I, yeah, I would just say that, you know, just let's just stick with that, you know, because I was going to say that I, I also read, which is kind of like a release and a, a good way for me to learn. Right. Um, but yeah, but my main support system is definitely those five people in my life because the, I, I, because really they rejuvenate me, but, but the, the cool thing is like, I love working with people that need my help or need to need help, um, who are feeling depressed, who are, you know, really feeling down on life, but need some, some oomph or whatever you need to re reboot your car. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, so it's really important to talk to people like that and I really enjoy it, but you know, I can't do that all day long, 24 seven you know, because I need those five people. I need those people in my life to re, re reduce my inner reduce my car. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying in the sense that, uh, you have to look at this in the sense that you had those five, six people and it's great to have X amount of followers, X amount of people looking at what you're doing, but to get that core support system of your wife and a couple of friends, it's more enclosed in the sense that you can open up and talk about their feelings more rather than some fan, which is good. Yeah, Definitely. That's exactly right. And another thing here, just real quick, what would you and what would you say? Going back to your wife, what would you say is one thing that she tells she tells you to keep you motivated when you're going through any tough times or you feel just anxiety or stress? Yeah, it's 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 uh, more so that like I love that she's just there. She's like supportive, and I know I can like always fall back on her if I need anything. You know, like just just. Just the fact that knowing that she's like, she'll be there for me. She's supportive. She's loving. She's kind. Like those, just knowing that is kind of like, fill, fill, it fills my heart up. You know, it just like makes me have this warm feeling of just like, okay, you know, whatever I go through, I go through, you know, yeah. and, and that's it, you know. Yeah, whatever happens in life, you have to just <laughs> take, it, take it for what it is. And you, you know that people will always be there when they can. Yeah. And support you going through for sure. Yeah, yeah. This the support. Yep, the support system. It's great. Now, our next question here is: What are some things you have done, let's say, in the past six months, to really step up your brand? I know you have Roots Coaching. Do you want to just talk about a little bit about what that name means and where you got that from? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, so Roots Coaching is my my first brand that I started out with, and it was started in 2012 because. My dad, who passed away in 2012, um, he always used to call me Roots. Roots is my name. Is like a, I was like when I was when I was first born, he called me Roots for some reason. I never got to ask him why. My name was Roots, but um, <laughs> but yeah, Roots kind of stuck there. And I was like, you know what? You know, I was real. I, was, I loved my dad, even though he had some problems and and, and died of a drug overdose. Unfortunately, um, he he st he still holds a big place in my heart, and he always will. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to call my name Roots, my business name Roots Coaching. 
And and also another metaphor I thought of for roots, I thought that was really good. It's like roots, like you start from the root, you know, and then you grow up, you expand. So I thought that was kind of cool too. I like that. It's like a tree. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, like a tree. And that's my logo. That's, that's a tree. <laughs> yeah, no, you we'll all have our moments where we got we to gotta sprout up and, and rise above in a certain way. So I think it's pretty yeah. cool to see. Yeah. And, and what, you can go. Okay, I was just going to say, yeah, that's interesting because, like, like Eckhart Tolle, I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners have heard of him. Eckhart Tolle, he, he uses the metaphor of how, like, when a, a, a flower will grow up, you know, and then once it buds or once the flower is coming out of the stem, you know, that's the, that's the point of enlightenment for the flower. So it's kind of like that, like sprouting up, and then you finally reach enlightenment. I like that. Yeah, you, eventually you'll get to the enlightenment where – You'll you'll blossom in the sense that you have mm-hmm. all the tools in front of you, and you can go moving forward and try to just be your best when you can. When the sad moments happen, you got other people out there to help, and yeah, go from there for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, it's just, it's about that. It's it's about helping people out. Yep, and yourself, sure, too, of course, yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, personal development. So that's important. Just how you personally developed you can understand from others too about what you learn to apply to them especially right exactly and just a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up but what would you say is one thing you've done since you started 2012 what is one thing with the company that you've seen as growth in the past six years and something you want to share yeah yeah thanks thanks yeah yeah definitely um you know of course I've, i've coached a variety of people throughout my you know six years of coaching but I really think that my online presence has really grown a lot. And I've realized that social media is really important. Um, even in the past six, even in the past, like I'd say three years since I've come out with my first major book, um, being on podcasts is really important to get your message out there. And, and I've realized like, it's not so much about the money. It's more so about what you're doing for the world, you know, and the question is, do you, are you passionate about what you're doing? Do you love what you're doing? And for me, I love what I'm doing. I love the message I'm getting out there for people, you know, especially men, or you know, of course, women too, who are, who are feeling blocked or stuck or like in their heads too much where they can't actually let emotions out. So I feel like I'm getting my message out there by me sharing and being vulnerable and open. I, I'm a leader in that sense. And then, and then I just, I, I show them, I tell them that it's okay. You know, if you don't want to talk to anybody first, you know, start with your dog. <laughs> <It's fun. laughs> start with your dog. Start with the dream. <laughs> start with anything. <laughs> you know, just, just get start out there. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, start somewhere. Start with the journal. You know, start out there. Get those thoughts out. Because those are thoughts you've kept buried up for, like, some of my clients, like, they, they, they've, they've had those thoughts for years, you know. And then I finally broke them out of it with a, with a, with forgiveness really um so we did a lot of forgiveness work and by doing this they're able to let go of those those thoughts that they've been holding on to for nine years or 10 years or even a year so they're finally able to let go of them even though they've been those thoughts have been bearing them down for so long yeah i think letting go and just starting in a sense to find your groove find what you find what you can do in a sense to help you improve, but also know that there's other people there to support and find yeah. your emotions too and connect for sure. Right. Yes. Connect. Totally. 
And I'll ask two questions here. So what are your goals in the next five years? Whether it be with the brand, the coaching, just your me- your mission to stop and prevent suicide and depression, or just anything you want to share with the Anchor Nation? Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I mean, my the goal is to, to definitely get out there and connect with more people, more bigger names, like, you know, Kevin mm-hmm. Briel or Kevin – you know, uh, Kevin Hines, like, who has a, a film on suicide prevention. He basically was a suicide attempt survivor who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, wow. And was one, one of the few people in the, who have ever survived. I think he might be the only person who's ever survived. So he had a movie about that. And, like, and, and I learned about it about a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's, like, amazing. Like, how he survived the suicide attempt. He kept on to live, but, but, you know, it's almost a guaranteed death right there. Which is, which is insane. Um, I mean, I'm just like, okay, now he's being so proactive and like changing the world, like, like telling people that it's okay to get help. It's okay to, you know, if you have these thoughts, it's okay, you know, but you got to talk about it. You got to, you got to be vulnerable and open, you know, so he's getting his message out there. And I'm like, I want to connect with him along with a few other people. Um, so that's my main thing about really spreading the message. But me personally, I want to, uh, of course, do speaking engagements so that I can reach a larger audience on a, on a more personal level. Uh, continue to write my books, you know, and, and, and get my book out there, you know, and uh, podcasts. Podcasts are great. It's such a blessing. Such a such a. I'm so grateful for to be on here today. Thank you right. so much. Yeah. No, man, absolutely. Yeah. Anytime to get your story out there, that's what we do. But I'm, I'm glad you said disconnecting with bigger people and trying to reach a different, more of an expansion audience with them. Because that's what the goal is. If you can network smartly and connect with these bigger people, it exposes your story more and it gives you more leverage to keep going and mm-hmm. what your passions are, for sure. Yes, exactly. Yep. A lot more leverage. Absolutely. And our, and our final question here is, what is one thing you might tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? And it could be a fun fact. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I've I love to travel. So I've been to a ton of different countries. I think it's thirty five countries now. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I started when I was twenty one. I just took a backpacking trip to Europe for three months by myself. So and that that basically changed my life. I was like, wow, there's such a bigger world out here. There's so much to see, so many people to meet. I just uh, now I'm like now I just got to go home and make money so I can travel more. <laughs> Uh, definitely definitely i think travel it gives you more of that sense of what culture really is like and i guess just one last thing here is what would you say travel all those countries what's one country or one thing you learned from any country that gave you motivation to just get to your audience and tell them about it yeah yeah that's a good question yeah i, I think the philippines the mm-hmm. philippines i've learned that that the people there are so happy and they laugh all the time. They're smiling all the time. A lot, of, of course, not everybody, but a good majority of them are. Really, really amazing, beautiful country. And the thing is, like, they have so little. They have, they have very not a bunch of stuff. They don't drive the Ferraris. They don't, you know, they don't have the all the stuff. The tons the of clothes, the luxuries. Yeah. yeah, they have the very basic necessities in life, and they're happy. And so I've realized, okay, well, actually, maybe this is like a couple of years ago. And now I've realized, like, okay, well, actually, you know, I don't need that big house. I don't need that really fancy car. I'm happy and okay. I'm good. Just having what I need, you know. And and instead of spending all this money on on you know different different stuff, I can spend that on traveling or to help others out. Right, right. Avoiding 
avoiding that syndrome of trying to get everything at once or trying to yeah that consumer thing is like well do we really want that or do we really need that or do you just want it that's what i'm saying it's like yeah that, that you can fall into that trap but you see other people saying well all i got is what i got close my back you know just enough food and these people are happy because they know that's a blessing for sure Right, right. So they were just happy, you know, and, I, and I, I got that message. I was like, wow, okay, I don't need all this stuff to be happy, to feel happy, to feel good about myself. You know, I don't need that to feel good about myself. Right. So you come back to the States, you just learn that and you, you can share that with others, which is great. Sure. Yeah, definitely that too. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Matt. Once again, thank you to Matt Morris for coming on the show. I really appreciate his time and effort for the show. But before we go, Matt, you want to DM and plug your social media so people can find you? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. You can never you can always email me anytime you want at Matt M A T T at rootscoaching.com. That's R-O-O-T-S-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. So Matt at rootscoaching.com. I would love to hear from you. Any of you guys, shoot me a message, say what's up. And that's it. Awesome. And then you can find Root Coaching on Instagram. And thank you again, Matt. Appreciate you taking the time. And as always to the Anchor Nation, giving your undivided attention, not only me, but the interviewee. Matt, it's been a thank pleasure, you. buddy. Dude, thank you so much. It's been amazing. Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, follow me at the Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under the Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.